Hello, everybody, and welcome to Typhoon Talks. My name is Michael Grady. I am a consultant here with the firm, here with my co-host, Chen Yang. Welcome, Chen. Hello, everyone. Our resident guest today is a consultant named Connor Cole, working in IT security and cybersecurity for one of our major clients in Hong Kong. Welcome, Connor. Hi there. Thanks very much for having me. So Connor today is going to be talking to us about vulnerability management, information security, and cybersecurity. Um, very topical considering a lot of the breaches and hacks that have happened recently. Uh, so Chen's going to kick us off. So Connor, we used to hear information security, but now it seems that the buzzword is cybersecurity. What really is the difference between the two? Uh, yeah, good question. You nailed it on the head there in the sense that cybersecurity is, is really a buzzword. Um, the differences between cyber and information security, there's not many. I think that the landscape these days with the advancements in technology means that we're obviously in a more complex situation. The Internet of Things and connectivity between people and devices is much more complex and therefore people are at more risk. Um, but are they the same thing? Essentially, yes. The chief information security officer is still head of cybersecurity at most larger institutions. So realistically, there isn't that much difference. It's just a role with a lot more responsibility. And I think that people are seeing the ramifications of what happens post-breach these days, um, not just financially, but you know, to reputation damage, to stock price damage, which I guess is financially. Um, but it's it's just there's more gravity to a cyber breach than there used to be. Um, sure. It's interesting. Physical security is still very important for these institutions. It's not just information security. It's not just being connected online. Um, leaving your files, uh, leaving your laptop at a desk can be just as damaging as getting hacked by someone online. Um, however, uh, we're seeing more emphasis put on security with regards to outside-facing systems and URLs, and uh, to protect the data that they have internally. Okay, sure. So digital assets or digital technologies have made tracking easier than before. However, there are a lot of risks with private data being available online. Can you give us a few examples of large cybersecurity incidents happened in the past, and what are the consequences or costs for both consumers and, and institutions? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think that everyone's aware of the two major ones from 2017. You know, we had Yahoo in 2016 um, that was breached twice, and a lot of personal information of their customers was leaked. Um, but the WannaCry ransomware attack, which uh, happened, well, actually was detected firstly in March, and uh, the attacks followed up in May. And that's one of the issues that we want to talk about today is the lag time between when these vulnerabilities are detected and when the patching and the uh, remediation happens. Anyways, WannaCry was a ransomware uh, crypto worm, which basically targeted computers using Windows operating system. What it did was it encrypted the data and then demanded ransomware payments in Bitcoin. Um, so as I said, it happened in May. I think there was you know 230,000 computers in over 150 countries. Uh, the NHS in the UK was affected, which was quite big. Um, realistically, what happened was outdated software allowed people to gain access to data within institutions. Now, again, it's one of the things we want to talk about is making sure that your software is not outdated. It's a simple thing, um, updating the software or the endpoint that you're using. Um, a lot of people don't do it on time. For example, um, you know, I, I know a lot of larger institutions who are on top of this were not affected by the WannaCry 
um, ransomware because they were up to date on their systems. They understand the importance of having it up to date and therefore they did not lose any information. Whereas a lot of smaller businesses, especially because uh, these hackers were demanding, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, I think it was about 700 US dollars or 600 US dollars per um, ransom. They were attacking a lot of smaller businesses who were running you know, Windows XP or Windows Server 2003 and who weren't up to date. Um, Just outdated so, operating systems in general. Yeah, absolutely. So that that's the issue here is that people are, you know, it's as simple sometimes as remember to restart your laptop and update your Windows. Um, if you if if people had done that, a lot of people wouldn't have been affected by the WannaCry attacks. Um, you know, the other one was Equifax, one of the three larger uh, credit reporting agencies in the U.S. Um, again, there was a, an issue with Apache Struts. Apache Struts Two is a, an open source web application framework. Um, and you use Java on it to develop web applications, and that's where the vulnerability lay. Actually, it was you know a mishandling of files uploaded to the web servers um, that allowed hackers to remotely run code. Um, again, this breach happened, and the timeline of events with Equifax was quite interesting. You know, there's 142 million customers who were affected by their social security numbers being lost, or um, you know, the email, the phone, um, and all of this gets sold uh, on the on the dark web. Um, and what happened with Equifax, again, it's the lag time between when the vulnerability was detected, when the, inf when the information that, that there is this vulnerability was uh, put out to customers, when they, uh, sorry, put out to institutions, when the institutions updated their software, and when the hack took place, and there's a mismatch of what should have happened and what did happen, which what which is the issue here. Um, so again, it's 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 talking about making sure that your systems are up to date. You know, there's there's different types of cybersecurity, and today we really want to focus on vulnerability management. You know, there's phishing, other types of social engineering, there's human error, um, data classification is a big issue at the moment as well. But today we're talking more about. Uh, making sure that your systems and the vulnerabilities that can arise from being connected online and otherwise uh, are up to date and protected as they should be. Sure. Uh, that's a good lead into our next question. Um, without getting too technical, and you kind of alluded to it um, with some of the things you talk about with the Equifax, Equifax breach, like like uh, lag time and, and human error, but can you list out a couple of these, um, without getting too technical, a couple of things that these firms, um, big or small, can do to prevent some of these attacks? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, the, the reality is there's identifying threats um, and there's using technology uh, to scan your systems, every endpoint that you have, um, to look for any potential vulnerabilities. Now that, and that's quite an interesting one, what people want in threat detection is a multi-surfaced uh, tool that can look across the organization's entire network, endpoint and devices. So when you're talking about vulnerabilities, often there's various levels of severity with vulnerabilities and you have to think about the ramifications. You're not going to be able to fix absolutely everything and, and it is about the budget that you have and the time you can spend to look at these vulnerabilities. You know, it's just a matter of fact that within cybersecurity, hackers everywhere are trying every day new ways to get access to things they shouldn't have access to and to breach uh, companies they, you know, they're trying to steal information from. It would be a colossal task for any company to be up to date with absolutely everything. So it's about identifying the very severe, the critical vulnerabilities where there's going to be direct ramifications and quickly to your business. Um, so again, that's, that's 
you have the scanning element, the updating element, and identifying the threat. And often that's something, you know, even as simple as a security bulletin from Microsoft. You, know, you get an email through from Microsoft saying, look, you know, you need to update your uh, Windows software because we've found this vulnerability. Make sure you do that on time. That's one way to, to keep up to date. Um, so patching and, and updating is obviously the way to fix these issues, and then it's scanning and identifying is, is where you start. Um, one thing that companies can do that isn't done as well everywhere as you think it might be is a simple process in place. Who is in charge of, of each application or each URL or endpoint security at your company? Uh, is there a process in place for the communication and is there a process in place for what happens post identification of a threat? So if you get told, okay, this software is out of date, we need to update it. It's not as simple as switching on and off your PC. Sometimes you have to wait, uh, you have to schedule an update, especially if you're relying upon your IT infrastructure for e-commerce. If you're using your website to sell a product, you can't just shut it down and update it. You're going to lose revenue. So it's about having that systematic and organized approach to updating your software. Um, and often that, that takes some time. It's also about escalating, making sure management know that this is an issue, making sure that resources are distributed in a way that you know people realize the importance of updating their software. And it's not just a case of, yeah, let the IT guys do it in a few months, it's, it's a case of no, we need to speak to the business end and, and, and close this uh, out now before something serious happens. Sort of widespread awareness throughout the widespread organization. Awareness. Yeah, absolutely. Widespread awareness is one thing. Not just the cyber guys to deal with it because a lot of the times it, it's, it spans much more than just Couldn't upgrading, agree a, upgrading software, or updating your computer. Definitely. Yeah, um, it's key. And it, it's, it's about having regular meetings. You know, I think it's one thing to say, yeah, when we find out there's a vulnerability, let's get on it and patch it. But when do you find this out? You know, do you have a weekly meeting with your IT and business guys that talk about any potential vulnerabilities and what needs to happen? Um, have you checked off all uh, possible outcomes of of updating, you know, have you looked at how that's going to affect your business? You know, who's in charge of that and who's updating, you know, especially in very large organizations, the client I'm working in at the moment, there's a lot of stakeholders. There's a lot of different people involved with, you know, perhaps shutting down a system for a few hours to update it. And everyone has to be aware that this is happening. So it's about the communication lines. It's about having that set process. It's about understanding who is in charge and who is responsible. And also it's about the legacy. You know, say so and so leaves the company. You know, does that just fall to the wayside then? You know, who, who, where is the list of people that are supposed to attend the weekly update who are supposed to be communicated to that there's a problem? It's about having all of this documented and having a set guideline in place. So it, it is important, and not a lot of people are probably where they should be with regards to, you know, one, the documentation of the process, two, actually carrying out the process, and three, making sure that they are up to date in all vulnerabilities and. You know, you don't uh, often, you know, you, you don't have to have an expensive bit of hardware in place to do the scanning for you. You can do a lot of this in your own time. Um, you can do a lot of this with free software online, but it's it's a case of just making sure you're doing this. So it could just be one guy in your office if you're a small institution trying to keep up to date, but it's, it's equally as important and it could save you, you know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of bother in the future by protecting you from a potential hack. Absolutely, yeah, it makes sense. Um... The one thing that I like to, to repeat again that that's was inter it's interesting to me is that at some of these smaller firms it's even more amplified when one person with a lot of the knowledge of some of these systems or how they the updating process or 
the the risks inherent with not updating a, a piece of software, they leave the company. What is your you know your process for handing over that knowledge? Because that lapse a lot of time, I would assume, is when your your risks and your vulnerabilities start to happen because the the knowledge is, has left the your sphere of influence, right? Yeah, absolutely, um, Mark. I also think think about the ramifications of of what yeah. happens off the back of that. Losing the person who is in charge of this at your company. Okay, you can replace them, but then getting the next person up to date on where you're at with regards to your patching, what software you have in place at the moment, you know what your protection is. Uh, that lag time. It's that lag time that that cost millions of dollars to companies in the past year. So sure. Yeah. So moving moving more down the the timeline of um, one of these hacks, I guess theoretically is what what are some of the remediation methods, I guess I would say, that, that some firms can use once their data has been breached or once, um, you know, one of their systems has been compromised? Again, you know, you've talked about one already. Raising awareness in the workplace is very important. Um, making sure people are aware that updates are important. It's not just a hassle that you have to, you know, save all the documents you're working on and restart your PC. Um, use encrypted connections where possible, even on local networks. Using a VPN can... Uh, save a lot of uh, issues um, you know for example there's a recent one called crack that's come out in the last couple of weeks which is a WPA2 server issue and if you use a VPN it, it does protect your systems so uh, these sort of small things um, using the latest applicable firmware um, as it may include security patches is very important um, and then just having general knowledge on system protection and possible threats um, I mentioned before you know, a lot of larger companies especially will work with vendors and work with system integrators and consultants um, to uh, for their protection. It's working closely with these resellers, working closely with these third parties. Um, they will be aware. So if they're aware, you should be aware. Um, and then, you know, finally, I guess the, the Internet is a brilliant resource. You know, check online. You know, if you have X amount of systems in your in your company, be aware of what these systems are and you know, look for updates regularly. Um, you know, task someone, task someone with doing that. Ask them to check every month. You know, have you heard anything? You know, I think that um, I was reading something in uh, a 2016 data breach report that 83% of security breaches took organizations months or even longer to fix. That was Verizon data breach. Um, and it's it's that lag time that we talked about. It's it's having a process in place and making sure that there's there's a uh, there's a plan um, that will save uh, your company from be being breached. Sure. So we just talked a lot about um, the importance of setting up a process to uh, enhance cybersecurity. Um, how about uh, any new technologies out there? Do you see any emerging technologies that can um, address the issue you just talked about? Yeah, you know, I think the big one for a lot of people is uh, there's uh, there's a lot of programs coming out that have automated updates. You know, that will that will send you um, a, uh, a notification of a new security patch. That will have you know there's uh, there's uh, there's programs now that will amalgamate whichever systems you're using, and they will then just notify you. There's a security patch available. There is a vulnerability in your system. You need to remediate. And it's it's this process that we talk about now of you know that weekly meeting where you're talking about the updates. Having that sent to your phone by uh, a text message often is is a better way to update people than trying to drag everybody into a room purely for availability's sake. That might not always be possible. So you know again, it's, it's it doesn't sound that technical, but it's just being aware of these issues can um, is 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 one way to combat this. 
any kind of technology that'll bring those issues or updates yeah. more into your visibility, I guess, is our key. One of the, the technologies that I was reading about recently, um, and Connor, I'm not sure if you heard of this, but uh, just in general, any cybersecurity technology that puts its, um, or that utilizes basically hackers in the dark web mm -hmm. to basically prevent or gain yeah. knowledge about future hacks or the plans of future hacks and actually having... I don't know if it's ethical hackers or some kind of algorithm that that's that scans the. Um, I don't know much about the dark web, but some some kind of program that scans yeah. the dark so, web for information. So actually, for a lot of large institutions, they will engage a third party. There's third, there's companies I know there's a few in Europe that do this as well that they will actively scan the dark web for any sort of code or source code that your company has built. Sure, and what sure, they'll do okay. is they'll notify yep. you if that starts to be sold online or if there's a a hack that's happening that will affect your source code and you can do it's almost like keeping these companies on retainer so they'll they'll get in contact with you if the if you have them on a retainer this is probably more for a larger institution where you know a hack ramification would be a lot bigger if you're a smaller company you're probably not going to have the resources or want to spend your resources on keeping a you know, cybersecurity company like this on retainer, but for larger companies, it's definitely worth it. They'll notify you if there's any uh, sort of vulnerability that you need to be made aware of, or specifically if your company's uh, source code has been put online or is trying to be sold. You know, again, this is another cybersecurity issue that we're not uh, really focusing on today, but another very interesting one is data leakage prevention and what happens with human error, and not even human error, but, you know, I guess. Um, uh, employees with bad intentions, you know, trying to sell, trying to make a quick buck, or, for example, someone, if we talked about before, someone leaving the company, that can be quite an issue if they then take or they're working with, with them and try to sell it elsewhere. So, yes, absolutely, you know, it's it's there's, there are companies now that are kept on retainer that look through the dark web for any sort of relevant information to your company and, and then make you aware. So... And again, you know, there's a lot of companies out there employing ethical hackers these days as well who will do penetration testing, who will do vulnerability management for you and check where what status your company is at. Sure. Um, so I think that's all the time we have now. Um, a lot of really good information, uh, a lot of actionable uh, insights and uh, you know planning points around some of the things that Connor said. Uh, but yeah, I hope it's been useful. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely has. Definitely has. Thank you for uh, for coming to give us some of your knowledge because it definitely is topical, and the the risks inherent in some of these breaches happening at a, a big, a large organization as far as impact to the bottom line and reputation damage, um, they all are worth looking into and worth yeah. uh, hedging against. You've only got to look at the state of Equifax's stocks at the moment to, to absolutely. Realize that. Um, so that's all the time we have now. Uh, thank you for listening to Typhoon Talks. Follow us on Twitter at Typhoon Buzz. Follow us on Facebook. And thanks. That's all. Cheers. Thank you. See ya.